Hello, everyone. This is the 53rd episode of Law School in Brief, and my name is Lydia. I'm one of the regular co-hosts with me. I am, for the first time ever, not joined by Megan, but by another co-host who, this is our first time speaking, so I can't even give a proper introduction. I will just say her name. You might have heard it 800 times on this show. It's Brittany! Hello. Yes, I am Brittany, um, a frequent shout out fame on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> but yes, I am Megan's classmate. Um, she is my only friend in law school. <laughs> um, and I'm a 2L at Elon Law, um, halfway through my first semester of 2L year. So, or wow. trimester, I guess. <laughs> well, thanks for finding time on a Monday evening to hang out with me, your new friend. Right. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) This episode is actually going to be about making friends in law school and slash networking because I just thought we could just, for the, I almost said viewers, for the listeners in real time, show what it's like to like make a new friend in law school. This is assuming that we are going to be friends, but I feel good about that. Yeah. I mean, only time will tell, but. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So Brittany and I both have highs and lows, but I feel like that'll be better to share once we've like gotten to know each other a little bit more. Um, And so this is super meta, so bear with any awkwardness listeners, but um, I was thinking the structure would be, um, first we talk about like conversations between law students and then a couple questions about like professional networking I don't have a ton of expertise in that. I figured it would be f- more fun to focus on friend stuff because career services can really dig into the professional networking. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just see how it goes. So for law student friend making, I think the easiest way when you're you know te- DMing someone on Zoom, don't actually do that, or no. like <laughs> coming up to someone in the law school is you know, just uh, start with some easy conversation. Not not necessarily about the weather, but if it's really bad, you can go there. I was thinking I would ask Brittany this intro question. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're walking up to each other. I, we, we, we exchange glances. Oh, Brittany, right? Um, it's your first time on this podcast, but is this the first time you've been on any podcast? It is. I feel like I'm on a radio show and it's like um, first time caller, long time listener type of situation. But yes, first time ever being on a podcast. Have you ever had your voice recorded? Like Um, singing? I don't know why my brain immediately jumped to those um, like home videos that your parents take when you're a kid. And oh my gosh, I just, I just hate the way my voice sounds. This might be the only episode of Law School and Brief that I skip, but. Oh no. Well, that's okay. Megan's going to listen to it. Give us the review. Oh, for sure. For sure. Do you listen back to the episodes? I do. Listen. Great question. I don't think I've ever disclosed this to the listeners, but I listen to every episode fully before I post it online. Okay. Mostly because. I want to see if there's like a gap of silence or anything that happened to me once on a radio show. It was just silent for like three minutes and it was really annoying. 
and so embarrassing. So been recorded before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a radio show when I was studying abroad in France. <sighs> so it was like this, except I was speaking in French, speaking in very bad French too. Oh my gosh. My French is also terrible. So <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, tu parles My French is bad. I don't even want to open that, that can of can of worms well then that's perfect we'll keep that can closed and move on <laughs> to the next <laughs> the phase yeah. of our conversation so we've we've exchanged glances we've exchanged pleasantries mm-hmm. and now we are interested enough I mean you're telling me about home videos I want to get to know you more so I can watch those someday um you know you might want a French conversation partner so we proceed I don't know why I'm reading this out like a, it's like a role play game but here we are <laughs> So I think since it's law school, um, it's natural to ask each other about your legal interests, not necessarily like what's your favorite class, but more like long term, like what what's your passion? What do you want to do? And um, I think that, Brittany, you probably already know a lot about me uh, as much as any listener would know, but I do not know what your passion is and what your vision is? So I feel like my passion is kind of a moving target at this point. I've had many, I mean, this is not necessarily what you would say the first time um, you meet somebody, but I've had many existential (laughs) crises (laughs) going through like the law school process. But what brought me to law school was I want to do immigration uh, pro bono. Yeah. (laughs) But um, speaking Spanish is extremely important in that work, obviously. And Spanish is not my strong suit like French, but um, so that's kind of changed the way I think my career is shaping out. But I definitely want to stay in public interest, public service. Um, now I'm looking toward like eviction defense work. Um, over the summer, I did some healthcare pro bono work, which was interesting. Not necessarily where I want to, you know, take my career long term, but I definitely want to stay in the the helping people part of the law. Yeah, that's great. Um, is the, is the language acquisition element the only thing holding you back from like specializing in immigration or did it just kind of keep coming up as like a little roadblock? Yeah. So, um, in Charlotte, there's not, or I mean, guess in North Carolina, generally, there's not a lot of organizations that do, uh, public interest immigration work. Um, there's one in Charlotte that I, like international house. International House, yeah, but they only have, like, one attorney on staff, I believe. So it's kind of hard to secure um, an internship there or, you know, come on as an attorney full-time. But um, I worked at Charlotte Center for Legal Advocacy this summer, and they do have an immigration clinic that they they do. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But they require you to be fluent in Spanish, which makes sense because you don't necessarily want to spend those resources uh, if, you know, 90 to 98% of your clientele is going to be Spanish speaking. You know, you want your clerks to be able to to do the translation work themselves. So I do understand that. It's, it's just hard to sort of like get your feet wet in that work if you are already coming up on this language barrier. Yeah, that is so interesting to hear your perspective in North Carolina, because mm-hmm. in Missouri, it's not a, I, I don't think that the people who, um, I also worked in an immigration clinic this summer, uh, yeah. I but uh, the majority of our clients were not um, 
Spanish speaking. I mean, and there were like quite a diversity of languages. And so I hadn't even thought about how there could be an organization, obviously, that that mostly communicates bilingually in Spanish and English. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah, so that's a little challenging. But there are other areas, you know, within the organization, obviously, that you can get involved. Um, it's just a little a little hard to know what that path looks like if you want to go in immigration without speaking Spanish. But yeah. that's also, like, I thought this summer, like, the 1L summer would be the summer that I learned Spanish. But I think with everything going on with COVID and you just get busy with your other internship work, it just yeah. you know, didn't happen, sadly. I know. Yeah, I know a couple of people who went um, to do immersion programs before law school, which mm -hmm. if you're listening and considering that, I mean, let me know if you need recommendations because I heard really good things about both of these programs. Um, of course, I personally didn't do that, which was foolish. I traveled around and didn't make good use of my time, but it was fun, right? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think not like your time was ill spent, you know, <laughs> obviously is important and worth pursuing yeah well if we were just meeting each other and you were telling me about eviction work and we were not about to proceed on with the podcast um mm -hmm. I would really want you to go in depth about like what about your predictions about what's happening with housing and all the eviction bans getting lifted um but I can't drill you on that but is there like a take a, a short snippet or any kind of like, like, I know nothing about that. I just read the headlines about all these things that are coming and I feel horrible reading it and I don't know much else about the law. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of where I'm at too. I know that a lot of organizations, um, universities are, you know, starting clinics. Wake Forest actually has a really good one that I need to, this also goes on to professional networking, but I need to email a professor at Wake Forest about the eviction defense clinic that she's trying to open you know, through the university. <laughs> but yeah. it's one more of those things where you're like, do I just like cold email this person? So what I've decided to do is just like, follow her on Twitter and then eventually work up the courage. <laughs> yes. I so think you can Emily work... Bennett, but anyway. Emily Bennett, if you're listening to this. <laughs> no, <laughs> Hello. expect a uh, networking email in the next two months, three months. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe your career services office has a connect at Wake Forest. Yeah, I know that um, my addiction uh, professor, addiction professor, my addiction law and policy professor um, is also a friend of hers on Twitter. And actually, that's how I figured out who she is. Oh. Um, she referred her to me, but I'm, I referred me to her. <laughs> but it's still one of those things that I really struggle with just reaching out and even yeah. having like the introduction, you know? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I feel you. I haven't um, made any moves for my job next summer. So you have already like identified a cool clinic that's opening up. That's amazing. Well, like they, yeah. they don't even exist yet. And you're already like, I want to work for them. That's, man. I mean, that's the extent of what I've done for my next summer job situation. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the allure of big law always calls, but I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's where I'm headed. I know. Yeah. The money. The, know, money. the money. <laughs> the money is always, always the thing, right? 
So is that sort of where you're at with your future law school? Because I I know you've talked a lot about public interest on the podcast, but I know you've also talked about um, bidding on firms and stuff like that. So where's your head at with that? Um, Our school has certain um, windows of time in which you can like put your name in the hat, the hat in the ring. I do not remember how to say that (laughs) for these jobs. And what I'll do is I'll open them up and see and find the ones that don't require that you write a cover letter or submit a writing sample. And I'll apply to all of them. None of them have gotten back to me. It's not a winning strategy. It just kind of like (laughs) makes you feel like maybe I was productive. So I haven't really poured my heart into that, but, um, I do have someone in the career services office who's like kind of searching for jobs for me in all these different avenues, just so I know what my options kind of are. I feel like I go back and forth between them in kind of a vacuum. Right. You know? Right. It's like big law. Well, what does that even mean? Like, what does the job actually look like? Which jobs would actually want me, you know? And then I'll decide maybe once I know what I'm actually talking about. I don't know. Yeah, and the the choice seems so clear on paper, right? Like, every time I talk to anybody about this, they're like, oh, just do big law for two to five years and pay off all your debt, which is substantial. So I understand that perspective. Yeah. But also, like, what does the day-to-day look like? Like, are you going to be able to see your family, like, see your loved ones during those two years? Yeah. Are you, you know, is the money worth it at that point would be my question, but also not something you can really ask people you don't know that well right (laughs) Uh, I yeah maybe it depends on the vibe you get from them like Mm. sometimes you can just kind of like ask people really deep questions and see where it goes but just to analyze the like short bit of conversation we've just had if the the uh, careful listener will note that um uh Brittany did something very graceful in the conversation. And I would say that I might have as well, but I tried to compliment Brittany and then she kind of like downplayed it and served it back to me. And then we kind of like changed the topic to something that we both have in common, which is like, what are we going to do about public interest versus big law? But yeah, when I was like, wow, a you're applying for a job that doesn't even exist. Like you're so on top of it. And then she was like, that's the only thing I've done you know that what can sometimes happen in law school is like one people you you just tell someone like something cool that you're doing and they don't compliment you they just say like oh good for you or like oh okay well blah blah blah. and then you're like oh am I really like doing good things or you'll compliment someone and they'll be like thank you and you're like whoa geez like (laughs) I it's not I mean it's cool but it I didn't mean it was that cool. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that goes into, like, the the rat race aspect of law school. I, yes, exactly. And if you have those conversations with people, it immediately reroutes your brain to being like, oh, I, I should be competing with this person. Like, clearly what I'm doing is being assessed to what they're doing. And it just puts you in, like, this weird dynamic. But, you know, maybe you were just trying to have a conversation with somebody who's seemingly in the same position you are and now you're just completely switched around right yeah I don't know if you've if you've had that happen but I think 
This I've been in some longer. weird conversations. I've been in a lot of weird conversations. I like conversing <laughs> with people, so I get into some <laughs> murky territory. <laughs> I remember I was talking. Oh, I probably shouldn't tell the story. But I was talking Ooh. to somebody <laughs> um, last trimester right before we went on um, summer break and people went to their internships. And I was asking this girl what she was doing for her summer internship. And she's like, I just, I just, you know, I'm just not interested in having a job this summer. So I'm just going to study abroad at Oxford. And, wow. you know, <laughs> everything will be great. And then COVID hit and that didn't happen. So I wonder, I wonder how that's going for her. <laughs> <laughs> but just like the way that she answered that question, I was like, well, shit, should I be studying at Oxford? Like. Why am I even trying to get this one all internship if Aww. I could be you know, going to Europe? But, you know. I think the weird part of it is prefacing that announcement with, well, I just didn't really want a job. It's like, yeah. well, you're talking to someone who does want a job. So maybe the way you do that is say, like, oh, this summer I'm doing this other thing. And then and then I'll be in the same place as you looking for a job next year. I don't really know what I'll do after Oxford, whatever. I don't know, man. It. I don't know either, but I think about that every time I see her now, and I'm like, I wonder how Oxford was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I do think it's it's fine to say. I'm realizing I do think it's fine to say thank you when someone gives you a compliment, but not in that prissy way. That's kind of like of the tone that you're talking about. It right. can be very off-putting. Right. Um, like, it's the difference between. Um, I don't know, talking to generally, like genuinely, sorry, have a connection with someone versus, I don't know, sort of talking to list your resume off at somebody, which is yes. just not, not the kind of conversation that warrants you any friends in law school, I don't think. I didn't even put this on the outline, but what you just said reminded me <clears throat> that um, asking people what they got on the LSAT. <laughs> oh my, does that happen to you? Sometimes. No, I've heard about it more online than like, <sighs> than has happened to me. There were, I do remember one time people were comparing, um, but it's like, no one wants to know. And like, so, sometimes it can be interesting. Maybe it could be interesting to talk about how you studied for the LSAT. If someone's sibling is about to study and you want to give them advice or something. But just the first week of law school, what you don't do is talk about how, like, your exact study preparation method for studying for the LSAT. Uh, no. Or how many no. times you took it, or if yeah. you only took it once. Or The big thing at Elon, at least, was people talking about their undergrad GPAs. And it's like, what? Why? Why? No. And truly... I don't know if you guys curse on this podcast, but I could not give one shit about what you had in undergrad. Like, I do not care. And, like, I don't understand what you're you're getting from this interaction. You, you know what I mean? Like, who is that for? <laughs> Completely agreed. Completely. Someone's major can be interesting. Yeah. Like, if they made a huge switch from, like, nuclear physics to law school and you're like, whoa, what happened? Like, there's something there, you know? Yeah, I mean, it probably informs, you know, what they want to do with their, their JD or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, no, I don't care about your numerical value of your, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Really numerical horrible. value off the table. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, anyway. anyway. <laughs> so, well, this is, a, this is a nice kind of transition to us saying anyway and having, like, a, a pause in conversation and reflecting on 
awkward law school moments. My next piece of advice for advancing the conversation is to find some shared interests outside of law school. And my further suggestion to that is in order to make it seem less random, um, to just randomly go from like asking someone what class they like to asking them like, what's your favorite animal? You know, I think the, the tie-in is asking someone something about their recent lives. So, um, instead of what's your favorite animal asking, like, do you have a pet? Can I see a picture? You know, that's something that that's happening to them right now. When they go home, they're going to go to their pet. Um, or instead of like, what's the, your favorite book you've ever read asking, were you able to read anything fun this summer before we got all these stupid textbooks or something? Oh, that's so, a really good question. so maybe I'll ask you those questions or you could ask me any, any question that wasn't one of those examples. So as a listener of Law School in Brief, I do have a question and it is, did you get the rabbit? Oh, the ferret? <laughs> the ferret, yes. Oh, the okay. rabbit might have been an offline conversation. <laughs> I, man, actually, there was a free rabbit post online, but Billy is allergic to rabbits, so that that one was... Off. I didn't get the ferret. They never emailed me back. Um, and then someone had, like, flagged the Craigslist post for removal, so I don't know what the deal is. And then I was looking into it, and it's like animal sales are like banned from like Facebook and I forget where else, but it's yeah. weird. I didn't know about that. Um, yeah. The and bad so, fact about that is that um, a lot of them are used as like bait, bait animals for dog fighting and stuff like oh, that. So that, that's like not something you would ever tell somebody when you first meeting them, but um, yeah. No, I want that information. Cause here yeah. I am being like, wow, what's the, and, and that's like kind of a law related thing here I'm like what's the policy justification for banning something from the internet where are my first amendment rights and you're telling me a very good reason so yeah. it's totally on the table for law school conversation yeah so usually it's bait dogs for animal fighting or like backyard breeders or something like that so I think a lot of people probably through like animal rights law organizations have you know advocated to get posts like that off off Craigslist or Facebook or anything like that that is so interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, there's like totally naive me over here being like, why can't I find a ferret on Craigslist? <laughs> but also, like, if I was looking for an animal, like, that someone was giving away, that's probably where I would look. You right. Know? I do. It, it seems like there are some, like, giveaway animals, but not the, not other ones for sale. But this one, I think the reason it was flagged is it said free ferret but then it said um a small rehoming fee mm -hmm. so you know yeah. but i am waiting to hear back from the shelter about a cat so <gasps> that's the what, next what are the deets on the cat if you feel comfortable sharing i don't want to jinx it but okay. he's a siamese cat he's four years old um, the shelter said that he's like really friendly, kind of like a dog, like a cat. The Lynx Point Siamese a breed oh is, gosh. is like kind of like has that personality, which is great. I love needy cats. Yes. I want them to want me. 
I mean, what about, you're preaching to the choir. I have four dogs. So. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought that you were talking about having to find a quiet place for the podcast because of dogs, but I don't hear yeah. a peep out of any of them. Oh, I'm surprised you don't hear my partner listening to football. That is more pressing <laughs> of my concern right now. But I yeah. do not. <laughs> we, so I had, we moved in with each other over, um, over quarantine and she had two dogs on her own and then I had my dog Bean and then we got a quarantine puppy together so now we have four beautiful babies that we take care of do they (laughs) all sleep in the bed at the same time oh my gosh yes much to (laughs) to my partner's chagrin oh my (laughs) gosh (laughs) I know I was joking but I love that uh, our oh my gosh our dogs are the light of my life. <laughs> I think that is a stage of law school where you just adopt a, a, a crazy amount of pets, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still trying to get up to number one. But when I had my poll on Instagram of which one I, I should choose, everyone was like, both. And I'm like, I can't commit yet to that. But damn. <laughs> but it seems like you have the space now that you have your house. Oh, I won't be moving into that for a while. Um, This this is jumping ahead to my meh of the week, but there are some some, like uh, issues. I just got back from um, working on some pipes, trying to DIY some plumbing. And one burst, one part of the burst pipe I did successfully fix. And another one I did not. So... (laughs) That's my, like, we're still there. Like, I still don't even have running water because of all the burst pipes that happen over the winter. But um, about your dogs, are you going to dress them up for Halloween? Yeah, so this has been a point of, I don't want to say contention in my relationship. Oh, oh, (laughs) we're there. We're there. Okay. Yes, yes. This is how you know you've entered the next stage of friendship with your law school friend. But, um... Kayla, my partner, she, one of her dogs is a chihuahua who's nine pounds. And before we met, she would dress him up all the time. So he has a full wardrobe of like flannels and coats and Halloween costumes. And my dog, I was like, I'm just not one of those people that ever dresses up their dog. But you know, I have been known to put a few flannels on our dog Cosmo, the chihuahua. So they- Can you justify it like that? Yes, he shivers often. So I don't know if that's just like an anxiety thing, which like relatable, but you know, he gets a flannel for it and he seems happy. So, wow. If no pressure, if you want to send a picture for us to put on the blog and the Twitter, like just holler at me later. Oh, yes. I already, I was in PetSmart the other day and there was like the entire. Batman family on display um, of dog <laughs> costumes at PetSmart, and I sent a picture to Kayla, and I was like, "Are we doing this? <laughs> Are you? Mm, maybe <laughs> it might happen. Stay tuned." <laughs> oh yes. Well, okay. Let's see what other things I had on here. Um, I do think that a fruitful area of conversation our shared struggles um but i think there's a wrong way to do it so you know first week of law school maybe second week once the novelty is starting to wear off 
um, any, any one of your classmates, you can, you know, have a short conversation where you're like, wow, so much reading, huh? Sucks. Mm -hmm. But, um, that conversation happens so many times a day that it can kind of like weigh you down. It's just so negative to like every person you meet, (laughs) be like, hear them like reiterate how much everything sucks. So I think that the, maybe the better way to do that, um, is to, ask the other person about solutions that they might have thought of for the struggle. If it's something law school related, like, like zoom class from home is so hard. I hate that everyone bedroom. Like, do you think it's worth buying a green screen? Just ask the other person for their input. You know, I think the assumption with all of these questions and advice advices (laughs) is that, the other person that you're meeting in law school has like a, a, a wealth of knowledge. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, another, another way to do that is finding a way to like bring people in like, Oh, I can't believe the administration is charging us to use the gym that we're not allowed to use. Like that and then if the other person's <laughs> like, if the other person says, yeah, that's ridiculous. Then you go like, I think I might send them an email, like, do you want to, too? Like, if I send you my version, you want to send it to, whatever. Something, you know, start start some movement around the struggle, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's the struggle. People commiserating is is really tricky in law school because that's the reason why I don't check the, the group me for our one L or uh-huh. I guess two L class. Because the group me is just, it can be a very toxic place. It can also be a very powerful place because I truly believe that's how a lot of people organized around getting um, our curve or not our one L curve. Our um, what is it called? Oh, our pass fail option for. Yes, I was so proud of y'all. It was like the last two days of the trimester that they finally gave it to us. And I will give full credit to to Bilsa for for that because they finally pushed being like, look, there's all this. violence um happening right now in the news it's really going to put um students of color at a disadvantage when trying to sit for exams during this time it's unfair and i think that was the winning argument at the end but i don't know if they would have been able to organize as easily without the group me but Mm. that's clearly like the best that the group me can do most of the time it's like oh can you believe that our briefs are due next week even though we've had the entire term to do yeah yeah (laughs) it's just like oh I hate this class and I mean that's not you can have those thoughts internally without you know spreading it around and then having 50 replies being like oh I know I hate law school everything's so hard because that doesn't make you want to try and it doesn't it's not a good environment really and people downplay <clears throat> the amount of work they're doing. I found this out last year because I actually was not doing as much work as I should have been doing <laughs> in <Yeah>. many instances. <laughs> and all, everyone would be like, oh, my God, I, I, I can't even study. I can't even bring my, myself to study. And this is actually a legitimate topic of conversation during the pandemic, I think. But before that and hopefully after this, um, when everyone's telling you like how little work they're doing, a lot of them are lying because mm-hmm. they don't want you to know that they were up to like 2 a.m. outlining. But then when it's exam time, they're like, oh, yeah, you, you didn't start outlining like months ago or whatever. Yep. It's like, oh, 
Well, either you've been slacking off or you haven't been. And it seems like y'all haven't been and I have been. And now I feel like an idiot. (laughs) There's so much of that in law school of instances where you just feel completely, you know, off track of what everybody else is doing, even though day to day, you feel like you're doing the right thing. I mean, I think that's probably why I'm only really close with one or two people in law school, because I know that their experiences reflect what I'm doing. And I know that I can trust like, hey, did you do this to prepare for this quiz? I know that the way they study is similar to the way I study. They're not the people doing all nighters. They're not the people spending, I don't know, 19 straight hours on an exam solution or something. Yeah. So I think finding, excuse me, finding the voices that are similar to yours I mean, that sounds bad, but finding people that tackle hardship in a similar way that you do, I think is really important for law school. And do you think that with the right people, the tone matters less or do you still try to keep it like productive and positive with like Megan, for example? Hey, Megan. Yeah. Shout out to Megan. Yes. Um, With Megan, I think we do try to keep it pretty light. Like there have been, I know she's talked about this on the podcast, but there have been a lot of instances where we're both just like, why did we do this? What are we doing? (laughs) You know, that type of situation. But for the most part, we'll do like a couple of jokes mixed with like, okay, how did you study for this? Um, You know, how are you feeling about this quiz? But also, like, do you want to study together? Um, Can I do anything to help you? You know, trying to keep it positive and helpful rather than, like, I don't know, almost like shitting on each other. (laughs) Like, oh, you didn't reread all of the chapter and then outline all of it. Stuff like that is just, like, not not helpful, I don't find. What about you? I, I realized that the advice I'm giving is kind of, I think for this kind of introductory conversation where you're like getting to know people, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking about my, my close buds and around them, I do kind of like rant and rave and mm-hmm. complain and yeah, I'm thinking maybe I should, you know, they deserve better. Maybe I should did not unload on them so much. Um, I think it depends on your relationship, right? Yeah. If you're giving and taking that from, like, if they feel comfortable doing that with you as well, like, I think that that works. I, for me, this might be my personal anxiety, but I'm always worried that if I'm too negative, if I'm, you know, I feel like if the spotlight's only on me and my, like, misery around law school, I don't want to, like, alienate them to feeling like they can't say anything positive to me about Mm -hmm. it, you know? Yeah. I mean, just personally, like, I think that I ran into this problem in undergrad of not being able to see the positive of what I was going through. And that did sort of alienate people. Um, Like, I remember one of my roommates being like, is there anything you actually do like about (laughs) UNC where we were going? But I, I don't know. So I'm really cognizant of that, of trying to to find the positive parts of a struggle that I'm going with going through and trying to make sure I'm not wholly focused on the negative. Yeah. But that could be just a me thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I, I'm like thinking of conversations where I folks have been negative and I'm, I am less inclined to like turn it to something positive. Cause I want to, I want to be that like 
listener who's valuing what they're going through. So mm-hmm. I did not want to like discount that by then turning the conversation to something cheery. Right. You know, when they're exactly. telling me what a hard time they're having. Um, so I hadn't even thought about that, but you're totally right. And I do think another caveat would be like if someone who's experiencing something that you don't have any personal um uh what am, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh personal experience with, mm-hmm. then um I don't think I would expect that person to try to put a positive spin on it. Like I do want to be the listener and learn about things that are happening at school that are oppressive. Um, So I guess what I was thinking of was like that shared struggle of like how law school is hard should be the thing that we're like trying to keep positive. But when like in for disability law caucus, when the undergrads have like come to me saying like this thing is happening to me, I'm not like, why don't you try to put a positive spin on it? Like, no, no, that's not what I meant. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. And what I really mean is, is just not discounting somebody else's experience, but not getting bogged down and like every single thing is terrible. You know, yes, yes. like there are so many people in like group chats that I'm in that are just like, oh, I can't believe we have this deadline. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that we have this much reading. And it's like, okay, well, we did sign on to be in law school. Like, you're going to have to read, right? Yes. (laughs) But also, there are experiences that you as a listener may fundamentally not understand about the person that's, you know, telling you about it. And being receptive to listening to what those are, I think, is important, especially when you're talking to people that you don't know so well or, you know, maybe from an experience that you've never really considered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well... Yeah. Wow. You had a lot of, I learned a lot from you just now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Let me see. I think that those are the general topics I would recommend for getting to know someone. And then I have like a couple other suggestions and I imagine you do too. But Mm -hmm. one of my suggestions is these different areas of conversation, like small talk, um, finding out about their legal interests, finding out about shared interests outside of law school, like talking about shared struggles. Um, don't just like check them off on a list like it's an interview. You know, if if we had started talking about like, oh, so it's your first time on the podcast. Have you ever been on any podcast? And then we could have just talked just about that if something came up that really piqued one of our interests. Like these are all just suggestions, not like a, you know, a checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, and my other suggestion is, you know, there's follow-up. Like if you have a friendly conversation with someone, if you actually thought that you might like them, you know, as a new friend, just be f- friendly with them. Like you might have to make a move, like a friend move, like asking them to have lunch with you or something. Um, or maybe in zoom world, like, suggesting studying flashcards together over zoom um or if they were friendly enough but you don't really feel a spark a friend spark then at least say hi in the hall or like nod or Mm -hmm. wave or something and like it'll become obvious that you don't actually want to hang out (laughs) yeah you know if it's probably mutual if you're feeling it it's probably mutual that's what that's what i've learned in my 30 years yeah i mean the best friendships that I've made from classmates like Megan included was 
really them taking the the risk of being like, hey, are you doing anything after class? Do you want to go grab a coffee? And me being mm-hmm. like, okay, <laughs> you know? And that, it, I mean, I think just having the courage to do that really makes the difference, you know? Especially, like, for Megan and I, we were both people moving to a new town where we really didn't know many people. And that was just really huge of somebody to be like, do you want to just, like, leave this campus for a minute and talk between classes. I mean, that's so cool. Seem... I want, I was going to ask you how y'all became friends. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure. And this, <laughs> this actually happened with one of my really good friends in undergrad too, where I was like, do you know what the reading was? <laughs> like the first or second yes. day. <laughs> and being like, uh, did you brief your cases or something like that? And then, I think just showing that little bit of insecurity of being like, I don't totally know what's happening. Do you know what's happening? Yeah. You know, showing that vulnerability. I think that yes. was for breaking down that initial barrier of friendship and then being like, hey, I have 15 minutes. You want to go grab like a, a latte? That's great. Yeah. What I love that? I love hearing the stories of people saying like, oh, yeah, um, I was at this party with like these people. And you're like, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, it was the first week of class, you know? And you're like, oh, oh, because it's like everyone is just meeting everyone in the beginning before, you know, people kind of gravitate toward their people. But it's so funny to me to reminisce on those times. How did you meet um, Dee Dee, a.k.a. Wild Deed? <laughs> Wild Deeds and Ashlyn are kind of like glued together in my mind they met at orientation and i met ashlyn at orientation i'm sorry i said orientation but i meant admitted students weekend so they met ashlyn and Didi met there i met ashlyn there but i did not meet Didi there i mean neither of us remember meeting each other um and i had rented a car in st louis while i was there and so i was able to give people rides for admitted student weekend like bowling I think that's clutch if I remember and so like Ashlyn was one of the people I gave a ride to so that's another thing if you have a car like definitely give people rides uh, after the pandemic um but (laughs) yeah um I just at orientation I was trying to meet as many people as possible um partially because I was conscious that like the beginning is when you float around and then like eventually people gravitate and then it, it can be kind of hard to start a conversation too well with someone who you've seen in the hallway all the time for a year who has a different group of friends like under what pretense do you just start a conversation you know unless you're in a right. group together or something um so yeah I was just trying to meet people and um Ashlyn and Didi were sitting together they live together and are a dynamic duo so I just, we figured out we were in the same section and that is how we became close. And then our other section mate, Caitlin, um, sat behind us, behind me in a couple classes. And eventually we all just had enough conversations where then we were like a, a little foursome unit. But it's funny, I'm trying to think while speaking. I, I can't actually remember like discrete moments. Like, it's like, you remember meeting and then mm-hmm. you remember being super tight. And sometimes it's hard to remember like this, the small moments when you become closer. Right. Like those small moments really make the friendship. I think where you're just like, okay, you're my people and I'm comfortable yeah. around you, you know? 
I do remember Ashlyn and Didi invited me to their apartment to study together. And I was like, whoa, someone else's space, you know? Aww. So that was a huge. And then they fed me too when I was there. That's that probably, that was probably it. That's probably when I was like, these are my law school buddies. Food yeah, is everything. Food, food. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what I was going to ask too. So speaking of the awkwardness of 2L making friendships, how have you found do you do breakout rooms in your classes for 2L at all in Zoom? Thank God we haven't done that many breakout rooms this time because I I I got into a very good breakout room attacks once and we were all just like contributing and I feel like we got through the questions, but usually it's like <laughs> two people me and someone else talking, and then two people with their cameras on but their microphones off staring straight which is creepy and then another person video off microphone off i respect that person but the people <laughs> that this is like i'm not in class <laughs> <laughs> yes so no, Megan and i have been talking about this extensively because we're both in a class where we're in separate breakout rooms which is the nightmare and nobody talks in either of them oh, so cool. it's in it, we're both in this position separately where we're like how was everybody's weekend or something? Just because one time I tried it where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be the first person to speak this time. And no one spoke for a solid minute on Zoom. And I'm like, this is impossible. This can't be happening. <laughs> like someone has to talk. <laughs> it's, it's, um, Does your pro Do your professors pop in though? Because ours do, they monitor us. And so it's like, Ugh. yeah, and it's real bad. But they're like, do you have any questions? And it's like, I wouldn't even know the question because I've spoken to nobody. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Do they give you um, problems to go over or like a hypo or is it just you just breakout room discuss? Yeah, it's breakout room discuss. The Ooh, class I'm no. specifically is our public interest legal writing class, which they'll be like, OK, talk about what your theory of this case would be. And it's like, oh, uh, no, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't even make sense. We wouldn't even be doing that in non zoom class. So why are we doing that in zoom class like that? I mean, it's no. a it's a writing heavy class. So we have like one problem for the whole trimester or whatever. Yeah, so okay. We're supposed to be thinking about the case actively. But, you know, some people do do more effort than others. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Ugh. Yeah. So, Lydia. Yeah. What if any of these suggestions can cross over to law professional conversations? That was the most beautiful segue that's ever happened on Law School Roof. Sorry, Megan. Shout out to Megan. Um, <laughs> oh, shout out to Megan. <laughs> who usually just has to deal with my um, my really really bad segues. So it's not it's not hurts me. But great question. I think that if it's a networking event which sucks <laughs> i haven't been to any have you been to some oh yes yes i have and i actually think those do have some crossover like you want to break the ice with something um that you just need to prove to them that you're not a robot like something friendly something that shows you're a human they would want to work with and then the rest of the conversation topics will be focused around like that workplace and that person 
but like, and so instead of asking them about themselves and their legal interests for the future, you can ask them more about um, the different positions available, like what the summer associate position is like for a 1L or a 2L. Like you don't want to ask them about their job because they're probably in HR or if it's like a, an associate who's touring around, you should totally ask them about their job. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't really need to ask them about their interests outside of law school <laughs> or tell them that you think law school sucks. So <laughs> it's a little bit of um, crossover, but I think the tone is the same of like you keep it positive and kind of short until you can like gauge what's like what their vibe is find something to um to bond over you know um they might ask you like where you're from that kind of thing can be good there but the real networking so i'm glad you haven't been to a networking event because i think they're probably a little bit pointless the real networking is like talking to your friends and friends of friends and your friends of friends of friends and have you done any of that? Um, so I really want to. And there's actually a friend that I know who worked at a place that I'm really interested in reaching out to. But Gosh. I'm afraid to have that awkward conversation. I'm just personally, I think this is where, you know, the rubber meets the rail for me with networking is I'm afraid to like ask somebody for something that would potentially make them uncomfortable like that to put them in a situation where they would you know be sticking their neck out for me and I know like all of networking is just getting over that feeling but it's just it's really hard to get over that initial discomfort I think so you're talking about the the part of it where you ask your friend to introduce you to their friend that part of it Mm -hmm. yeah that is more awkward than just like talking to a random person, like talking to the friend of a f- the friend right. is I think much easier than calling in the favor. But I think there's a way to do it that makes it less of a favor to ask. Like if you send them an email, well, I guess it depends on how often you're in communication with this person. If it's kind of out of the blue, I'd probably send them an email or like a LinkedIn message, LOL. That's like kind of telling them like what you're looking for, parts of the country that you're interested in, like wishing them well, you know, hoping, mm-hmm. hope this girl finds you safe or whatever. And then um, specifically asking to be introduced to that person. And basically in that email we're doing is like giving them enough that they can almost copy and paste what you've written into the introduction email between that, ha- that they will make between you and that other person. That's really and good advice, actually. Because, like, I, I also, sometimes people will, like, ask me to introduce them to people, and I love doing that, so I always do. But if I don't really know what I'm going off of, I might spend too long crafting, like, a really exciting introduction to get both people hyped about each other, and that actually eats up too much time. Um, yeah, and I think that, like, if you're... Or, it, or like, if you don't know who you want to be introduced to, you might just ask, you know, do you have anyone in your network who does this type of job? Like, I don't, I don't think it should be too broad of, like, do you know anyone hiring for anything? Like, they're right. not going to be inspired to introduce you to, like, someone doing spe- something specific. Because you might then, like, say, oh, no, that's not what I meant. Or 
if you have something like really, really, really specific that you're asking them about, but you have no reason to think that they would know exactly, <laughs> like if I was like, hey, random person who's a lawyer in New York, do you know anyone who does climate related migration work in Bangladesh they're gonna be like no why did you reach out to me you know but if you're like hey do you know anyone who does environmental law abroad then they might think of someone I don't know just try to make it as narrow as possible within reason yeah yeah there's a balance there that I haven't really described very well but you know something have you been doing a lot of networking trying to to figure out what your 2L summer is going to look like? Not nearly enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's always where I land with networking, too. It's like, oh, I, I should totally do this. And then it's like, oh, but I've actually got this homework to do. Better do that, you know? <laughs> I know. I know. I think I keep, um, keep thinking uh, about how everything's pushed back this year because the employers want grades from the semester. So I just keep saying that to myself, like, oh, it's fine. Everything's pushed back. It's like, well, it's almost that time that has been pushed back to. Yeah. So do they want your grades from this uh, semester because last semester was pass fail? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know, but y'all have two trimesters worth, right? So your first and second just wasn't the third that was graded so we have our third that was pass fail optional so we have grades from the whole first year yeah i see okay so i mean i did take a class pass fail last trimester so i'm wondering how that will will shake out with you know people that i'm up against for internships but i mean Honestly, having a full year of grades, I think you probably have a leg up. Yeah, that's that's potentially true. Yeah. Um, I had just a couple other pieces of advice for, like, talking. Once you get introduced to the friend of the friend. Um, I think the first thing that sucks is scheduling. <laughs> so yeah. if you, like, provide a couple times that might work for you, or if you're talking to, like, a partner... Um, of a law firm or something (laughs) just be available whenever is good for them you know Mm -hmm. um cancel all your plans (laughs) (laughs) or like you know make it work depending Mm -hmm. on how much you want it you know um but I think that you're you're wanting to defer to them in the conversation since you're the one asking asking them for advice like if they start talking about you know, oh, the weather, whatever, just go with it. And um, they're going to just expect you to have a lot of questions for them. So just make sure to do the research on their firm and about their position and having questions that you can't find the answers to online. Because if you're like, oh, where all does your firm have offices? Like, oh, my God, that's such a waste of their time, you know? Yeah. They... So that, that stuff's kind of obvious, but... Yeah, and every job interview, which I know is different from networking, but they can tell when you have a genuine curiosity about what you're asking rather than just, you know, basic questions that anybody would ask during a a job interview. And I think showing that enthusiasm is really, really helpful for networking. Yeah, I agree. 
I try to be enthusiastic too. And, and just making sure to thank them. Like the, mm. this friend of a friend is like just totally doing this out of the goodness of their heart. They're not even your friend, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So shall we go to highs, lows, and meds? And this is my favorite part of the, the podcast. Every oh my week. gosh. So I forgot excited. Have that to do. <laughs> it might be a little, a long episode of Law School and Brief, That's but I'm, okay. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yes. Well, I want to hear all about your week, new friend. We just networked so much. Oh my gosh. Ooh, oh my gosh. So, okay. How did you and, and Megan decide to do this? Lowe's first and then. Oh, you- wow, 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 wow. You are good. You are keeping us honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was the worst? What, what, what happened to you this week? Happened? What happened to you? <laughs> um, okay. So, my low, which has been the same since uh, quarantine started, has just been anxiety. Like, we're just in a really uncertain part of you know, the history of our country, I think. Um, But that also reflects just on your day-to-day routine. Like for me, and I've been working a lot with my therapist on this, like trying to break your cycle of of everyday behaviors. Because it's Mm -hmm. so easy being in quarantine. And my partner and I only have one car. So like I'm literally in my house and um, I know you're from Charlotte. So you know that Charlotte isn't a city where you walk around. So um, I'm truly just stuck in my house for most of the week. Oh. So trying to to find um, different things to break up your routine has been really challenging for me. And also, like especially last year, adjusting to the new online system was really, really hard. So trying to, to work through my anxiety with all the uncertainty around law school and the world has been really, really hard. But it's okay because <laughs> we have to have great conversations. <laughs> well, what, um, what um, habit, like, how do you break a daily habit? Um, I think what has been really good for me is me and my partner doing fun date activities every week, which has been really nice. Oh, that's sweet. Like a movie we otherwise would like. She's really, really into horror movies. And so this whole um, quarantine, her goal has been making me love them. So we watched, we worked our way up to being able to watch Midsummer and Hereditary. And I just, I, I super love Midsummer. It is so good. But anyway, so just doing something different like that, like something that I wouldn't have done if we were able to, you know, go to different restaurants and go to breweries, but also like, being able to pick up different craft beers and, you know, sit outside in our yard with our dogs, you know, something yeah, a little different. Beautiful. It's been, it's been really nice. Um, Horror movies really frighten me and I hate them, but I'm impressed that you went from not watching them to watching them and liking them, even though you're like in your quest to deal with anxiety, you came to love horror movies. That's like poetic. I mean, it helps that we're living through a horror movie, it seems. <laughs> well said. Wow, yeah. I mean, reality's scary enough. Like, I might as well watch some people screaming in Scandinavia. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's been a low. And I think just going through a daily, like, anxiety spiral of, like, oh, my God, all this is due. And, oh, my God, how am I going to get this all done has been really challenging. But, I mean... Just 
being kind to yourself and, you know, knowing that this is a fleeting moment and that things will get better, I think has been important for me. Mm. What about you? What's your low? Um, kind of related to the last part of what you were just saying, the, the spiral, which is that I am just so behind on work. I do not understand what's happening in evidence. And I, I'm, I think slacking a little cause like I kind of took that class for granted cause it kind of made sense in the beginning and oops, I'm just, and I'm like perpetually feel like I'm behind on clinic because, um, the client's cases move at a slow pace. Mm-hmm. Like I was on hold with the IRS today for two and a half hours. And the result of it was that like nothing had changed on the case. I was just trying to find out if anything had changed on the case. Right. So I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I'm like, I thought by now I would have figured it out. And I, I don't know if this means that I'll just kind of be behind all semester. And it's not actually because of the house. Um, I have been going over there and doing stuff, but I've been listening to my reading for American Indian Law while I've been doing that because it's like once a week and we have like hundreds of pages of reading. So I'll just like <laughs> plug it in and go. And so like that class is on Thursday this week and I'm already done with the reading because I was over at the house this weekend. And so I'm like, okay, the house has been a nice distraction. I have no Wi-Fi there. So it's like just this book and me. Mm-hmm. But evidence and has all of these multiple choice questions not multiple choice sorry I'll do these hypo questions and work I will say I mean Megan is a great resource for evidence because Megan did really well in evidence yes I did not do really well in evidence that was my pass fail last uh last trimester Um, (laughs) so I get it but yeah I understand it's it's a struggle that class and you can get lost in hearsay forever. Yes, that's what just happened to me. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, I'm very behind. Very behind. <laughs> yeah, things can really go downhill quickly in evidence if you don't. If you miss one little part, you're like, what? Yeah. Oh, Lean on I'm your glad. community. Megan yeah. is a great resource. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Megan. Yeah, I'm volunteering you, Megan. You're welcome. <laughs> She'd be happy to help. She's She's really... Yes. Well, what about your mess? Oh, my mess. I just found out um, moments before recording that I have a full draft of my public interest legal writing brief that is due next week for Tuesday conferences with the professor. Whoa, I thought you said you had all semester to do it. We do. But she's like, I just want you to have a working brief for conferences next week. And I'm like, okay. I just did my like pre-writing worksheet a week ago, but you know what? I'm gonna pull it together. And I, the reason why this doesn't fall into a low is because it's gonna set me up pretty well for the rest, like the end of the trimester. Okay. So I think it's sort of a mixed bag of like, yeah, it's gonna be stressful the rest of this week and this weekend. But after that, I'll have something to at least build upon rather than starting from scratch, which I think for big writing assignments is really easy to do. So yeah. it's it's gonna be you know, some late nights the next week, but I think it'll be, it'll be okay in the end. How long is it going to be? Do you have a page? Woo! Yeah, it's, um, for Elon, we have to do an upper level writing requirement. So it has to be at least 15 pages to meet that. So. Oh my gosh. A really interesting case. Like it's fictional, obviously, but it's about, um, 
dress codes related to um, like black hairstyles. So mm. specifically our client, our like fictitious client has locked hair and he's been targeted by the school's dress code policy for not being neat. So, yeah, we're, we're working on that. So, I mean, it's really, really interesting and we have a closed universe, so it's not like I'm going to get lost okay. on, on Westlaw for years, which yeah. I really enjoy. But... Yeah, I kind of like it. I hate I hate then having to narrow it down and start writing. But I know, but I think it'll be it'll turn out good. So it's it's definitely a mess. Yeah, yeah. So I see on the on the outline that you don't have a mess. Has that? Yeah, I I forgot. And then it's it's. So I wrote out my highs and lows earlier today. My met turns out is the plumbing oh. that I was just working on. Just because it's like, well, I knew it would be, I knew there'd be things like this in the house. And so it's not like, oh my gosh, the floor caved in. Knock on wood, that did not happen. But, oh um, you know, it's just annoying. It's not a low or a high, definitely not high. So this is kind of a weird question, but what do you do if you're spending hours at the house and you have to use the bathroom? Great question. I pee in the backyard. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's your property. <laughs> it is. There's bushes all around. It's like no one cares, you know. I mean, no one can see me. Um, not that no one cares, but no one can see me. But also, so, what if, like, you have a yard? <laughs> what's that? I said, yeah. what if, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Why else would I buy a house if I couldn't, you know, do whatever I want there? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, once I get the water working, we'll be good with the toilet. But yeah, until then, yeah, you know, improve upon your land, as they say. Exactly. <laughs> um, so my high this week is that I got a really good grade in my business associations quiz, which is yes. shocking because that was the class that I was least excited to take. Like we had the option at Elon, you can either take um, evidence or business associations as the last trimester of your first year and I was like I'm taking evidence like I'm not taking BA that sounds like a nightmare and then I you know didn't do so well in evidence and (laughs) I'm taking BA and I'm like surprisingly really good at it so I'm like is the universe trying to tell me that I need to be in big law like do I just need to do like (laughs) acquisitions for the rest of my career but it was just it was just really surprising and really nice so I I was really happy about that. Is business associations the same thing as a class called corporations? That's what I'm we have not, at WashU. I'm not sure. Huh. Right now we're working on, oh my gosh, can I even tell you? Um, corporate partnerships and okay. different types of, of situations like that. So potentially. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's it could be. Because hmm. I don't think we have business associations, but maybe it's just the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, think I have a very similar high, Ooh. which is that I got a good grade on my second tax quiz. <gasps> the first one was really tricky, and I I got just below the mean of the class. Who knows what the medians are, but at least I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. But the second quiz, which was much shorter and easier, but I'm still going to count it as a win because it is graded along with the first one. So I, I was like... I can't, like, fuck this up. <laughs> Are they weighed the same? I don't think so, because this the first one had 17 questions, and this one oh. had six questions. So I was wondering that, too. It's like, in the end, is it going to be like, 
out of all the p- possible points you could have gotten on all of them? Or is it like you just average all your quiz scores together? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, for BA, the first one's um, 5% and the second one's 10% or something like oh. that. So they average like 15 But uh, <laughs> I'm taking my wins where I can get them. And you know what? You kicked that quiz's ass and we're celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then my smaller high is that this weekend I made a diner style breakfast, like greasy hash browns and like grits and like fake sausage and the eggs, put it all on one plate. You know, I miss 24 hour diners. Oh, sounds like with those grits, you miss North Carolina cooking too. I know, right? I know. (laughs) Bless your heart. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been eating anything delicious? Ah, yes. Um, So um, my partner was in a wedding this weekend and we went to the rehearsal dinner um, and his family is from South Charlotte. Like they know how to cook really, really good barbecue. And so at the rehearsal dinner, his family made homemade barbecue and it was transcendent. Wow. A wedding reception. That food is always good. Oh my gosh, it was so so good. We had pesto pork. Whoa, I've yeah. never had that combo. Yeah, and like a a chutney on top of salmon. It was it was very very good. Oh, but you know, then you have the general anxiety of like, even though we were safe at the the wedding reception, like I'm probably still gonna get tested for COVID next week. Yeah. And, you know, how safe can you be ever? Yeah anxiety all around but the food was really good so (laughs) (laughs) yes that sounds so good I'm glad you you got your grease fix well it's I don't even know if I shared this but I got a Costco membership um and I just ordered some oil and then what arrived was like a lot of oil so then my first thought was like hash brown time Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will recommend at Costco they have these amazing granola bars that I would die oh for. okay what they're called kind of- Autumn's Gold they're like pistachio and like coconut and just really good granola they're really expensive but I oh I really I have a lot of like food restrictions so finding a granola bar that I could actually eat was really you know it's probably a year high for last year <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, I'm going to look it up. Autumn's gold. They're so, so good. Yes, and I love anything autumn, so. Yes. And especially, you know, if we're back in classes sometime, it's good to just grab and go in the morning. Yes. Wow, that looks good. Right? Pumpkin seed. Wow, vanilla. Yeah, wow. Hmm. That seems like a nice sweet note to end our podcast one. <laughs> <laughs> well it has been such an honor to be guest co- guest host of uh, law school and brief it has been an honor to have you and megan shout out thanks for introducing your friend where's that air horn <laughs> okay hold on i think we should end it yes we have to here we go nope there it is there it is i, I have to remember to turn my phone up all the way Okay, so I'm, I'm going to play the air horn and then hang up. You want to hang up after I do it a couple yeah. times? Okay, great. Well. <laughs>